Well, good morning. My name is Adam. I'm so glad to be here with you guys as we get into the third and final message in our series called Prayer. And this series has been about how prayer is more than a conversation. And in the first week, we talked about how God answers every single one of our prayers, even if his answer isn't what we expected or in the timing that we hoped for. God answers our prayers with a yes, a no, a not yet, or sometimes a not like that. But prayer is more than a conversation because even when we don't see the answer from God, it doesn't mean that the conversation is over. It might just mean that God's answer is not yet. And in the not yet, Jesus says to keep on praying and never give up. And then last week, we talked about how we can become powerful prayers, that we can see God answer a lot more of our prayers with a yes, when we do things God's way, when we pray his will and obey his will. And I really do believe that there is power in prayer, and that when we pray, we give God the opportunity to show up in incredible ways. But to be really honest with you guys, I feel like No matter how much I pray, I always seem to feel guilty that I'm not praying enough. Like this is an area of my life where I feel like I'm not even close to arriving. And even when I do pray, I feel like I'm not doing it right sometimes. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but do you guys ever feel like life moves by at 100 miles an hour except for when you pray? I'll have the commitment to pray for 15 minutes, and after praying for what feels like an hour, I'll peek at my watch and realize that I've been praying for five minutes. I'm like, oh boy. And then then I have all these distracted thoughts when I pray. And so I'll start out praying, God, thanks for this day. And then I'll start thinking about everything that I have to get done today and what I have to do in my schedule to get it all done. And then I'll think, focus, focus, focus. I'm trying to like push those thoughts out of my mind as I'm praying. And then before I even realize it, I'm thinking about what's for dinner that night. The struggle is real. Can you guys relate to that? If you can't, you're probably more spiritual than I am. But then there's those other times when I feel like my prayers are just going through a laundry list of requests. Like, God, I pray for this, that, this, that, and the other thing. And it's, it's good to pray for all of those things, but it feels like it doesn't come from the heart. Like, it doesn't even feel like a conversation with my Heavenly Father. It just feels like something to do so I can check that off for the day. And I know that prayer is such an incredible opportunity for me to talk to my Heavenly Father, the one who holds everything in His control. He created the universe He knows what's going on in my life. He cares about what's going on, and he has the power to meet my needs when I pray. I just, I want to appreciate that more, and I want to have a more fulfilling prayer life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I'll be answering the question, how can we have a more fulfilling prayer life? For all those times when it feels like our mind just wanders and we can't stay focused, or we're just praying those routine prayers, like the same things in the same way. And there's nothing wrong with praying for the same things, but 
when it just becomes a routine and your heart's not in it, you think there's got to be a better way. And there is another way to pray that I think we often don't do. And it's this idea of praying the Bible. Uh, Donald S. Whitney wrote a little book on praying the Bible. And he says that when we pray the Bible, we are taking the words that originated in the heart and mind of God and circulating them through our heart and mind back to God. And using the Bible to pray is really just taking scripture and using it as kind of like a prayer guide when we pray. And when we use God's word as a guide for when we pray, I think that it can lead us to pray for things that we normally wouldn't pray for. And it can stretch us to pray in ways that we wouldn't normally pray. Is anybody here interested in reading a book like this? Pretty short. Raise your hand if you want to. All right, here. I'll give you a copy. If you were interested in that book, that wasn't your only opportunity to get a copy. And not that I'm trying to like advertise for this book or anything, but it's a super helpful resource. Uh, it's been one of the most impactful books in my life on prayer. And we have a few more copies of that out at the Welcome Center. So if you'd like a copy, you can go out and get one at the end of the service. You see, praying is more than a conversation because it's not just about what we tell God, but it's also about what we tell ourselves when we pray. And praying, when we pray the Bible, it reminds us what is true about God. If you'd like to follow along with me, you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8, as you're turning there, um, last week I talked about the Lord's Prayer and pointed out that the whole first part of the Lord's Prayer is directed at who God is and praying for his will to be done. And I said that how we, how we pray, how we address God can set the tone for the rest of our prayer. And that's why I believe that it's important for us when we pray to pray prayers that have a lot of praise and thanks to God and that it can set the tone for the rest of the way that we pray. And so often, I think I get caught in this rut of praising God for just the same things, which is great to praise him for those things, but I lack the creativity sometimes or even just the memory to realize that there are so many different ways to praise God. He's done so much that is worthy of praise. And so when we read through his word and it reminds us what is true about him, we can turn that into praise. And so let's just read the first two verses here in Psalm chapter 8. It says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants You've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. As you came in this morning, you probably saw a little handout on your seat. If you want to use that to take notes, I just want to make that available to you. And I've got this handy-dandy setup. And what I want to do this morning is just walk through those last two verses that I read and just highlight some of the things that we see to be true about God. Starts out, Lord, our Lord. 
It sounds a little bit redundant to say Lord two times. Whenever you see Lord in all capitals in your Bibles, that's referring to the personal name of God, Yahweh. And so when you put these two titles together, it's like saying Yahweh, our master. And this little word, I think we often miss our, like our God isn't some distant God up in the sky. He's our personal Lord. And then in the next line it says, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I don't know about you, but I really don't use the word majestic all that much, even when I pray. But if we're praying God's word, if you're praying through this psalm, you come across that, you think, wow, God's name really is majestic. And you turn what you read into your own praise to God. And then it says a little further down that you've set your glory in the heavens. And there's kind of like this parallelism going on here between the earth and the heavens, the majesty of God's name in all the earth and his glory in the whole heavens. Like God's glory and majesty everywhere. Maybe when you read that and you're praying, it just leads you to think about all the different areas that you see God's glory. Maybe you see God's glory when you look at your kids. Maybe you see God's glory when you just look up at the night sky and just see all those stars. You're just like, wow. Or maybe you see God's glory when you're sitting alone up in a tree stand, just surrounded by silence. And when we pray through the Bible, we don't have to use scripture as like a box, like you can only pray within these limits. But instead, think of it as a springboard to bring all these different thoughts to your mind in different ways that you can praise God. And when we pray the Bible, I think it leads us to praise God in ways that we normally wouldn't praise him. Uh, for example, in this second verse, this is a pretty interesting verse here. It says, through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Now, when I read that, I make just two observations. The first is that children and infants praise God. Infants can't even talk, but they're praising God. I don't know how that works, but it just is a reminder to me, if infants are praising God, what does my praise to God look like? Am I praising him? And then the second thing I think is so interesting is that it references children and infants to silence the foe and avenger. Hey, God silences his enemies with what we would see as the weak, as the children and infants. And if God can use the praise of children and infants to silence his enemies. I don't think there's anything that our God can't do. <laughs> his enemies are of no threat to him. And when we pray through the Bible, it gives us an accurate reflection of who God is. And then we can turn what we read into praise to God. And it was just uh, a, couple, a couple weeks ago. I was at the gym and this older guy like tapped me on the shoulder and he mentioned somebody's name and asked if I was his son. I was like, no, nope, I don't know that guy. 
He's like, oh, okay, well, you look like him. And then he asked if I was a veteran. I'm like, no, I'm not a veteran. And so he asked where I worked, and I, I told him that I work at Bridgewater Church. It's that white church right off at 29 on the corner, right across from the laundromat. And he's like nodding his head, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what church you're talking about. And then he says something about how we have a great fish fry. I knew, all right, we're not talking about the same church. This guy had all nice things to say, but his high praise didn't mean nearly as much because it wasn't an accurate reflection of what is true. And when we pray God's word, we look firsthand at what we see to be true about God, and we can turn that into praise for him. And praying the Bible doesn't just remind us what's true about God, but it can also remind us what is true about ourselves. Let's continue reading in Psalm chapter 8. I'll pick up again in verse 3 and read to the end of the chapter. It says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them. You've made them just a a little bit lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands and have put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It just so happens to work out that tonight I made some plans with some friends to do some stargazing from my roof. It's that time of the month, I guess, where the moon cycle is where it's a new moon and it'll be extra dark out. And as long as the clouds are clear, it should just be a perfect picture of the sky. And I think it's just so amazing to be able to look up And to just see all those stars that God has hung up there. And it says in this verse that the moon and the stars, they're all the work of God's fingers. And I just did a Google search to try to get an idea of how many stars are in the universe. And I found that there's guessed to be 100 billion trillion stars in the universe 100 billion trillion. Even just in our galaxy, there's guessed to be about 100 billion. I feel bad for whoever had to count all of those. But that's, that's impressive. And it says in the Bible that God knows every star by name. That's, that's 100 billion trillion names to remember. That's pretty impressive because remembering names it's a challenge. I was with one of the pastors at Bridgewater just a few days ago, and we were in OIP, Original Italian Pizza, and he ran into somebody who called him by name and just started picking up a conversation with Brett as if he knew him, like asking him about how his kids are doing. And then later when Brett sat down with me, he's like, that guy called me by name, but I have no idea who that guy is. So when that guy wasn't looking, Brett like pulls out his phone, and like Loki takes a picture of him and then sends that to his wife asking, who is this guy? I mean, some of you guys have kids and you even get their names mixed up. 
remembering all those names, it's a struggle sometimes. But what just blows my mind, and you can kind of catch like the awe and wonder in, in the writer of this psalm, because he phrases it as a rhetorical question. The God who hangs all those stars in the sky, they're the work of his fingers. And then he says, and what is mankind that you are mindful of them? So God remembers the name of everybody who has ever lived. He's mindful of everybody living on the earth right now. And he even knows those who have not yet been born. God is mindful of you. And he doesn't just know about you or know about what's going on in your life. He says that he cares for you. And this verse It just keeps getting better and better. In verse 5, it says that that God has made humankind just a little bit lower than the angels. And he's crowned them with glory and honor. Maybe you can think of somebody in your life who, they're pretty difficult, and it takes a lot of patience to love them. And you would say, and they are not an angel. But this verse says that God made them just a little bit lower than the angels. And maybe you wonder if you have any value or worth. This verse says you absolutely do. God didn't make you just a little bit higher than the monkeys. He made you just a little bit lower than the heavenly beings. And it says here that he's crowned us with glory and honor. This glory and honor, it doesn't come from having a ton of success or reaching some kind of pinnacle of achievements. This is a glory and honor that comes from God. And it says that God has made us to be rulers over the works of his hands and has put everything under our feet. God has given us this position of honor and responsibility to care for and have authority over everything else in creation. I don't normally think about it like this, but there's nothing else that God has made on the earth that has dominion over us. God has given the creation of the world to be governed by us. The trees, the water, animals, and pets Some of you might have cats who think that they're the rulers of the household, but sometimes you got to let them know who's boss, all right? God has given all of us this position of honor and authority. And when we are reminded what is true of us, I think that it can really impact the way that we pray. We're not praying to a God who is distant We're not praying to a God who doesn't know what's going on in our lives or doesn't care about us. And in his sight, we have value and worth. And so when we pray, we know that we're praying to a God who knows you, who cares about you, and who sees you with glory and honor. And this can change pray for other people. We pray for that person that we would say, ah, oh, they're not an angel, but to be reminded that they're created just a little lower than the heavenly beings, that they're created in God Im- God's image. 
God loves them. God has given them glory and honor too. And this can change the way that we pray. When we pray the Bible, it's more than just a conversation because it reminds us what is true. It reminds us what is true about God and it reminds us what is true about ourselves. And you could go to any passage in scripture and find these reminders. They're especially clear in the Psalms. You don't have to just pray through the Psalms, but I think that's a great place to start. And there is a Psalm for every season of life. The Psalms are really just a collection of prayers and songs of worship to God. And the Psalms express emotions from feeling distraught, feeling like the presence of God is not there. The Psalms deal with confessing sin to God or even going to God with praise and thanksgiving. Whatever season of life you're going through, whatever emotions you might be feeling, there's a Psalm that puts those emotions into words. And when you pray, you can pray God's word back to him. And I really do believe that when we pray God's word, to have more fulfilling prayer lives. And I can say this from experience. I didn't want to preach a message on praying God's word if that's not something that I was doing in my own life. And so at the beginning of the week, I made the commitment to pray through a psalm every day. And my challenge for you is to make that same commitment, to pray through a psalm every day. As you sat down on your seats, you probably saw one of these prayer cards. And on the front, it just has Psalm 100 written out. And Psalm 100 is a, a psalm of, prayer, of praise and thanksgiving to God. And then on the back, it says there's a psalm for every season of life. And it lists some of those different categories, praise, grief, confession, and help. And if you make the commitment to pray through a psalm every day, you could just pray through Psalm 100 every day for a week. Or maybe you're going through a particular season in life and there would be a psalm on the back there, maybe dealing with, with grief or help that just really speaks to your heart and you can make the commitment to pray through those psalms as well. And also, just another way of application in light of what we've been talking about for the last three weeks about prayer is today is our day of prayer. We've blocked out six hours just to go to God and being reminded that when we work and we try to do things in our own effort, all right, we work. But when we pray, God works. And I believe that when we have God working, that he proves his faithfulness and can do amazing things. And so whether or not you've signed up for a day of prayer, it's all right if you haven't signed up. I still want to encourage you to participate in that. We'll have that going on in the downstairs overflow room. And that's the staircase over by the entrance. And we'll be praying from 12 to 6. Whether you want to pray for just a few minutes or longer, uh, you can leave that up to you. And as we close things up this morning, I just want to finish by praying through Psalm 100 and to just put this into practice. So let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, you are a God who, who gives us so much joy, uh, everything that you have done for us. And I thank you that you don't expect us to praise you or thank you without any reasons. And I ask that we would just have so much joy for all that you have done um, and that that joy would be seen by all the world. I ask that you would give us hearts of worship not just for this morning's church service, but even as we leave here today. And I ask that um, we would just remember that we are your creation. And I thank you for that. That you've created us to be just a little bit lower than the angels. That you've given each of us glory and honor. I thank you that we don't have to earn that. And it can't be taken away. And I thank you that we have an identity in you. Thank you that you are like our shepherd, that you guide us and that you provide for our every need. And God, I, I thank you that uh, you are good and that we never have to question your goodness. I thank you that your love endures forever, that it never runs out, it never runs short, and it's far greater than I can even wrap my mind around. I thank you for your faithfulness. That your faithfulness wasn't just in the Old Testament. It's not even just for today. We know that you will be faithful even in the days to come and for all eternity. And Father, we thank you for just how incredible you are. And I ask that we would continue to worship you today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.